0: Head to my website, SimonMundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
0: Hello, Simon Mundy here and welcome to this Bite Size episode where each week I take one specific lesson from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. This week, I am exploring our mind's propensity to rush to label events as good or bad. So I decided to pick this particular lesson out after Emma Raducanu's incredible win at the US Open, which has to go down as the greatest single first Grand Slam victory in all of tennis history as a qualifier to come through three rounds and then to motor her way through the draw without dropping a set, without barely even being pushed close in a set, I think stands above all other single achievements within tennis. But the morning after her win, I was chatting with a friend of mine, Jamie, and we've chatted before about The theme that comes up a lot, which is around our mind's propensity to label things as good or bad. Now, minds love to rush to judgment. Oh, this happens. We don't like it at the time. It feels uncomfortable. Therefore, it is bad. It's definitively bad. But if we take the example of Emma Raducanu, If you think back to her Wimbledon experience, so she burst on the scene at Wimbledon, she reached the fourth round, everyone was getting very excited, thinking, okay, we've got a real talent on our hands. She's got real poise, fantastic game, real charisma. She really knows what she wants. She's got everything going for her. And then in the fourth round of Wimbledon, she had to pull out because she started having breathing problems. There was some shock. There was some concern, obviously, for her welfare. And as well in the media and elsewhere, there was judgment about what happened. So it was labeled as bad what happened in that fourth round match. And she eventually dealt with it brilliantly, uh, Emma Raducanu. She gave an interview to Sue Barker. She was wearing her England football shirt because this was as England were playing in the Euros where they obviously reached the final. So great PR move on her front there. And then as well, she just dealt with it really maturely, very calmly, explained what had happened and really kind of put it to bed. And still, though, it could be easy to think, OK, how is she going to react or how is she going to move forward from that? Is this going to have some big impact? Is this going to have a, a scar that will reemerge uh, in future tournaments, etc., etc.? And obviously, as we now know, it wasn't a bad experience. She really learned from her experience in terms of dealing with the big occasion. Fast forward a few months from Wimbledon, here she is, US Open champion. And that Wimbledon experience, that fourth round experience where she had to pull out, was fundamental to becoming US Open champion. It was an important part of her story. Another of my interviewees, Sir John Kerwin, he came out with a nice quote, which is, if you remove failure from your dictionary, you never fail, you just learn. And I think Emma Raducanu in that uh, example was doing exactly that. She didn't fail in that fourth round match. She learned from that experience and was able to then kick on and become the US Open champion. So it was not a bad experience what happened at Wimbledon. So just to give a more perhaps dramatic example, another another person I've spoken to on the podcast is John McAvoy. Now, John's a Nike-sponsored Ironman athlete. He's a charity fundraiser. He spent a lot of time going into prisons and schools, really trying to make a difference to people who were at risk of going down a route that he went uh, down when he was younger. John grew up surrounded by hardened criminals. As a teenager, he spent a year in jail. And when he emerged from jail, his outlook hadn't changed at all. It had no impact on his behavior that, that first year in jail. The narrative that he held born of the people that he was he had surrounded himself with or he was surrounded with while growing up was that the system is corrupt and that he was just doing what anyone would if they could see that that truth that everything was corrupt fast forward a couple of years for john and by the time he was 22 he was a hardened criminal and he agreed to do an armed robbery however on this occasion the police were waiting for him there was a sting they were waiting to capture him so We'll pick up the story with John all set to do this armed robbery when he notices the police are waiting for him. So here is John McAvoy.
1: They basically went to ambush us and I saw them before the ambush and I ended up having a car chase with them, Simon, and I can remember all of these undercover police cars chasing me. Now, when I went to prison when I was younger, I didn't know what was coming. It was all new, but I remember having this car chase with these undercover police cars chasing me, and I'm 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 being deadly serious with you now. And again, this is not an exaggeration. I was fully prepared to die trying to get away from them because I knew what was coming. Like I was not going back to that twenty four hours a day locked in a cage, and and I I would have done anything to get me away from them. And and I remember when when they obviously they did catch me, and I remember being in the back of that police car and the police officer that arrested me when I was a kid, when I was 18, he was on the arrest team to arrest me again. And he looked at me and he said, you haven't learned your lesson, have you? And when we were driving in his armed police convoy to the police station, I remember he said to me, look out the window. And I was, obviously I was, I was sort of looking out and I remember it was a hot Sort of September morning, and there was all these like people walking around in the high street with like bags of shopping and and I just he went to me, You will not be seeing this for a long long time, and what the story that I told you about with my stepdad with that car, and he told he he spoke about sheep and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember sitting in that police car with those armed police taking me to the police station, thinking I would do absolutely anything now to swap places with those people going into Sainsbury's and Marks and Spencer's. And then I I kind of, I, uh, I just knew that I was going back and I wasn't going to get out for a long, long time.
0: So as John McAvoy said there, when he was arrested and looking at a serious stint in prison, his initial feeling was that he would rather die than return to a cell. While in jail, he eventually had an epiphany where he saw through the illusion that his mind believed that leading a life of crime had any value or merit, and he completely changed his ways. He he acknowledged that everyone that he looked up to was either in jail or even dead, and so he decided in a moment to put his life of crime to one side, and then fortunately as well, he discovered a talent for endurance sport, particularly rowing. Um, whilst in prison and he really worked on that set some world records and then after 10 years or so in prison eventually John was released and that's when he went on to completely um, make a break from his past and he became a top endurance athlete his story got out there like I said, he now uses it immensely for good. He's a top endurance athlete. But having had that thought that he would rather have died than go to prison, it's interesting to hear John's take on it now.
1: That's that's the one like obviously, like you can't live your life through regret, and you can't like you 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 learn from every negative experience and every experience I've ever been through in my life, I've always looked back on it now and gone, it's the best thing. Like if you asked me the question now and you said do you regret spending 10 years of my life on earth in, prison, in, a, in a 12 by six foot cell? I regret what I did to do that, to go in that place. If you said to me, I don't need to do that, I would still want to go through that journey because I would not be the person I've ended up becoming today. Because those life experiences and the, and the way and the things I've seen and the people I've interacted with throughout that journey of being in prison for all those years, all those different characters of people and how it shaped my outlook on life, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change that part of it. I would go through that journey still. I'd still go through that that ten years, and because it, it's made me the person I am today.
0: So John McAvoy, having perceived being arrested and being sent to jail as bad, which is totally understandable, in hindsight now he's now able to see it as a blessing. Not what he did to get there, but the fact that he was arrested. And the fact that he spent that time in jail, it was a part of making him who he was. So that rush to label being arrested as bad, so bad that he would even rather die than go back to jail. It was a rush to judgment. And the thing is, we, we all do this, um, well, or rather our minds do this, we all, and we are very quick to accept the way our minds label things in the moment, and that's what they do. They Good, bad, right, wrong. That's what minds do. And the problem only really comes in when we identify with those thoughts and take them as facts. Now, we all have experiences that we can relate to this. So in my own life, I've missed out on several jobs, particularly in my 20s, the time I was gutted about. In hindsight, utterly relieved. I'm really relieved I didn't get those jobs because I would have ended up going on a path that wasn't right for me. Um, a friend of mine who I worked with at the BBC, I remember him missing out on a job and he, him being absolutely gutted. And I had this exact conversation with him at one Christmas party. And now he, he's able to again look back and, and we laugh about had he got that job, he would have made the best of it, I'm sure. But compared to where he is now and, and what he's had going on since, it was a blessing. I mean, who knows if it was a blessing or not, but it certainly was not bad compared to how he felt at the time. He was sure, oh, this I've been hard done by, this shouldn't be happening, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but no. So the point is we just don't know. Our minds will always rush to judgment. But the key then is to simply not believe what the mind says. Don't resist the thoughts that come up, but also don't take them as facts. Or as definitive, we cannot know. So my suggestion to you would be to follow your intuition, live according to your values and then let life happen and see how things pan out. Now, adopting this attitude of not knowing is actually very freeing because you stop feeling like you have to be in the driving seat needing to control trying to control the environment, the world around you. And you can actually step back into a, a bit more of a path of surrender and be more of an active passenger of life or even part of life, not separate from it. We all do our best with what we know at the time. And the key is to to learn from experience, surrender to what is, and not just accept our mind's judgment of this is good, this is bad. We just don't know. Emma Radicano's story proves it. John McAvoy's story proves it as do many, many more who I've spoken to on the podcast. Anyway, so that is this week's Life Lessons light. Hope you enjoyed it and I would be delighted to hear your thoughts and if you have any other lessons you'd like me to pull out and grab some clips out about it. So do get in touch and let me know at Simon Mundy on social media or drop me an email via my website, simonmundy.com. Thanks for listening.